you can't hail into the same environment that got you sick. So it's acknowledging and embracing and saying, you know what, this thing that I'm doing doesn't work for me. And that's a question we all have to ask ourselves. Like, what are my pieces to the healing journey? But like, what am I doing right now that is working for me? And what am I doing that isn't? And really being honest and saying, you know what, getting up at five in the morning and going to the workout to work out fasted, I love doing it, but in my heart of hearts, it is not working for me. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and bad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Guys, I am so excited to have Josh and Jeannie Rubin on to share with you guys their wealth of knowledge. Welcome, guys. Thank you for having us. Yes, thanks for having us. Of course. So I want to jump right into it and let our listeners know like how you got started on this road and how, like, cause you've helped so many people. Like I was really enthralled with all of your posts and what you put out and just like the different angle that you take on nutrition. So how'd you get started? Mm, That's a long story. It's been a long journey. (laughs) (laughs) I know for me, it's kind of been my path since I was, I came out of the womb right? Just trying to find health, trying to find balance, trying to, you know, struggle with weight, struggle with hormones, all of it that everybody that we work with today is struggling with. So it's just kind of been the journey that we've gone through, through just seeking out the wholeness, right? How do we learn about how the body connects and and where are we going to do that? And who's teaching that? And just kind of really surrounding ourselves with that kind of, um, knowledge and bringing to the table kind of what we believe to be true. And that is that the body is not segmentalized in the way that we treat it. And how do we begin to look more wholly at it? Right. And, And work with it from that perspective versus trying to fix. They always say that there's nothing wrong with you that what's right with you can't fix. Right. So the body's always working towards a place of balance. We just have to really help people find what their tools are. And that's been our journey. My journey anyway, is looking for what my tools are and in that have grown into the space where we get to do that for others. Mine's kind of similar, but opposite. But I think this is a really good point for people because it's something we talk about a lot and it's about understanding your story and where you came from, because we're all different. Right. And, and, there are goals, setting realistic goals and everything we do is revolved around that. And I come from growing up with a mother who is a nurse and a dietitian, and a dad who was an x-ray tech and everyone in my family was an OT or PT. So I was in the health industry. I grew up in hospitals and yes, at the time, you know, I'm 47. So it was like when I was growing up, it was the low fat, no fat kind of craze, but we didn't eat sugar cereals. Like we ate healthy. We sat down every night to eat. And that's kind of how we grew up and that kind of propelled me into the different degrees and education that I got that has gotten me to this point. I kind of grew up in it and and it really shaped who I am today, obviously, because I'm in this field. So there's a lot more to that, but I think it's important for people to realize because we're always comparing ourselves to others. We're always trying to like follow this protocol 
But the problem is, and we always say this, that that's cool and great. The problem is there's one most important question that we're forgetting about. Well, person we're forgetting about, and that's you. And what do you need? You can do all the things, but if you're not doing the things you need based on your story, you're not going to get results no matter what your goal is. And this is a really important piece of our work is just knowing your story. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's so important because often we're looking at other people and saying, well, if they can do that, I can do that. And completely, completely neglecting the fact that we don't live the same life as them. Like, yeah, that they might also have children or also, you know, be in, you know, live in a similar place, but like they literally don't live the same life as you. They don't have the same experiences coming into. So why are we comparing our stories to someone else or our results to someone else and neglecting our story completely. But I think that the important piece of this for us that we do talk about, and for some people it's overwhelming, we say it because we want you to understand your story so you can set realistic expectations and say, oh my God, I'm $5 million in debt. Okay, it's going to take me time to pay off my debt, but I need to learn how to pay off my debt, but it's going to take time. But we say it more know your story because physiologically we're all the same from a, like a homeostatic sense, but we're all in a different state, right? Because who you are today is, is influenced from conception until now you are your story physiologically, right? Our experiences shape our biology and we all have different experiences, whether it's diets, trauma, child abuse, who knows, right? There's a million dieting over under exercising. So all these things shape our physiology and we say, know your story. That's what we're really saying because it's like, I remember in college, my roommate would eat pizza and drink beer all the time and smoke cigarettes. And he was like a piece of asparagus where I'm the type of guy that could look at a 50 pound dumbbell and a piece of pizza and gain 10 pounds just by looking at it. Right. 50 pound dumbbell. Yeah. Really? Yeah. (laughs) So I think understanding our story allows us to understand our physiology and how much debt we have. And it allows us to go, okay, this is, this is who I am. You know, really give yourself space and grace and say, you know what? Okay, I have a million dollars in debt. And I'm going to do things differently and learn how to live in a way that I can have fun, make money, save money, but also pay off my debt. It's going to take time. But we have to be realistic because physiologically, you know, where we're at, we're all different. And you can't heal if you're in that same state, no matter how awesome the protocol is. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great point. And just, I know so many people that talk about this as well. And that's why we use health is not a size. It's just like, yeah, you have someone that could literally just be treating their body like an absolute dumpster fire and stay thin. And someone who can think about pizza and, or, or think about weights and just gain muscle. And like, that is just some of the things that we're fighting, not only like from a societal standpoint, but like internally ingrained to the fact that like this means strong or this means healthier, this look means healthy. And just like navigating through all of that, just being bullshit is a really difficult space right. to kind of navigate. But I did want to talk to you guys that something that you had said on one of your pages is that we're all kind of chasing symptoms instead of addressing the problem. And I find this to be so true, but can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think that as I was saying earlier, you know, we've learned to segmentalize the system, right? So if we have a gut issue, we have an immune issue, we have a digestive issue or a hormonal issue, 
We're always going to work with that system. We're going to try to fix those hormones. We're going to try to fix the gut, whatever it might be for you, right? Versus what's causing that, right? What is it that's what's that's the effect of something greater, of the stress that's in the system. So we look at cellular energy. We, we're niche is thyroid health, but that's because thyroid is necessary for every single cell in the body to function. But it's really a matter of, are those cells breathing and are you producing energy or are you essentially suffocating, right? So we're looking at that and we're saying, okay, we have this huge culture that's chasing, chasing, chasing. When we come back and we look at, okay, well, how is your physiology? Are you producing energy or are you not producing energy? And can we work from that perspective? Because now what we're going to do is if you're not, you're either producing energy or you're compensating and you're producing inflammation. It's one or the other. You can't have both at the same time, right? So if we can now begin to work with that component, then we can get out of our own way and we can begin to understand how to regulate our physiology a little bit more versus chase those symptoms. And when we do that, we now tone down that compensated state. We tone down those stress hormones. We begin to boost energy production. And now those systems are now communicating in a whole new way. Right? We have to get people out of the middle of that fire that they're standing in or in the middle of Vietnam taking on fire right? in order for any healing to take place. So everything that we're doing is so foundational to allowing the physiology to come back into that ability to move into stress and out of stress that we're, that we're supposed to versus continuously be locked in that state, right? Yeah, I mean, health is cause and effect. Mm-hmm. That's what we always say. Like how you eat and live during the day dictates how you sleep at night. It's that simple, right? It's cause and effect. So if you just go, I'm going to have a nighttime snack or I'm going to take a sleeping pill, you're not fixing the problem. It's just like everyone demonizes cortisol as the problem. But when we take start taking responsibility for ourselves, we understand that we control hormones, hormones control metabolism, and we're the one that's causing cortisol to drive up and then eventually be tanked, right? So cortisol happens in a response to how we live, how we don't live to meet our needs, right? So health is always cause and effect. And something we always say is, if you don't change, nothing will change, right? And that's what chasing your symptoms is. And we're not saying people do it on purpose. It's the day and age of, you know, you can have everything at your fingertips. You can heal in 30 days. You know, you can do everything super quickly. And the problem is when you chase, 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 you're not creating change, right? It's like chasing your tail. You're not chasing your physiology. You're chasing the effect. And it's exhausting. And this is why people are spending so much money doing so many programs, right? Working with so many practitioners, taking so many supplements, doing so many labs with all different people, but not getting different results because they keep doing the same thing over and over again. And the one thing that's missing is going back to their story and saying, what do I need to meet my needs every single day? What do I need to change? What things do I need to do differently? Because remember, your experiences shape your physiology. So if we want to to reshape our physiology, which is the symptoms, we have to change our experiences. And of course, how we live and how we eat is a huge piece of that. But even then, the only way we can do that is through building awareness. Right. Right. Because so many of us don't have any idea how our bodies are responding to the world. And I don't think that that's what people understand is our body takes that information and then brings it up into our brain and our brain responds, right? <laughs> so it's, we have to really understand that. And I, don't, and I think that that's where it's a real disconnect 
because for so long we've been trained to be out of our bodies, right? Don't, and we don't want to feel what's happening in our system. So we completely check out and look for how do we get, how do we stop that feeling? How do we get rid of that feeling, right? As fast as we possibly can so that there's nothing wrong with me. But that's the chase. And that's, that's the, the chase. chase. And it's, it's, it's a hard thing to um, step away from. But when you do, all of the questions that you've ever had begin to be answered so simply, right? It's like you can really tune in and feel that, feel yourself again. And it's like, oh, okay, well now I don't have to worry about what this says or this says or she says or he says. I have you know, a sense of what I need and now I can respond to that in the right way, right? And it just kind of allows you to take a whole nother level of settling into yourself and your healing process and your uniqueness, really embracing your uniqueness, right? It's, I mean, it's, it's hard because we're all so exhausted and so stressed and so overwhelmed. Yeah, a lot of people don't remember what it or remember or have ever been in a place where they actually do feel good. So it's like, what is homeostasis? What is like, what's my baseline? Like I've been in a fog for so long that I don't even recognize that I feel so terrible on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a, you bring up something really important. We teach this in our group or our, our 30 day challenge and our one-to-one. We start every group session off by share your wins. And it doesn't have to mean like, oh, in the past week, my, all my histamine reactions are gone. I mean, it can be, but that's not what we're talking about. I think as a culture, we're so focused on what we can't do, what's wrong with us, what we can't eat, mm-hmm. right? The time we don't have. So if our goal is to create health, but we're always focusing on disease and problems, how are you going to create health? That's like saying, I want to pay off my debt, but all I'm going to focus on is how to create debt. You're never going to pay off your debt if that's what you're focusing on. So I think if people, you know, and this is like the biggest part about healing that allows people to finally find their path is we have to reframe how we look at ourselves our body, we have to trust our body, trust and really believe in what we're doing and saying, you know what, all these things are happening. Yes, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed and all these problems, but what is like, am I taking time to pause and slow down and sink into my body, build awareness, like Jeannie said, and say like, what, what was a win for me this week? You know, it could be as simple as, you know what, and I woke up and instead of jumping on my phone, I laid in bed and just took some deep breath for five minutes or I ate breakfast within 30 minutes versus three hours or at lunchtime, instead of running around in my car, I'm a realtor and eating, I actually stopped and sat on a bench in a park. Like when you start doing this, you're creating, you're pausing number one, you're slowing down, you're shifting your physiology. You're taking time to sink into your body and build awareness and a little by little, it becomes a lot. So now you're doing things differently. Now you're creating change. And I think, a lot of people will begin to see that every single day they're having so many wins. The problem is we're always focusing on the wrong things. And if we want to create health, you have to start focusing on those little things because it's going to get you there. That's the path that's going to get you there. Yeah. I love that exercise. I'm like mad at myself for not thinking of it, Um, (laughs) but I love that exercise because a lot of the times we do look at like, what can we eliminate or like what, what's going wrong here? Like what's the problem so we can identify the problem, but like really like what is going well, what was my win is a, is a really big mindset, mind, mind, mindset shift to start to look at like you did have some wins today. 
And like, what were they? Let's put some focus on some of those and then we can build there instead of trying to just like continuously eliminate. It's hard to do. We're not saying be like poly positive all the time. Because when you like, we've all been there. We understand like when you don't feel good and you're overwhelmed, you're stressed, like everything is wrong. Like the wind could blow and hit you and you're just ready. You're just pissed off at the wind. Right. But if we take the time to just stop and slow down in this go, 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 do, do society, you really begin to see every day you all are having at least one win, right, that you're doing to create the change, do things differently, which, again, is focusing on the cause, which will over time create a different effect. And you did mention something that was a hot topic I wanted to dive into today, which was stress and cortisol. Can you just break down initially, just so my listeners understand, what is cortisol and how does it affect your body? So cortisol is a glucocorticoid. Gluco meaning what? Glucose. It regulates the availability of fuel in the body. The problem is it's demonized, just like estrogen is demonized, right? Just like carbs are demonized, just like insulin is. But this is our culture. If you didn't have estrogen or I didn't have estrogen, you wouldn't be who you are and I wouldn't be who I am, right? Low estrogen in men is debilitating. Super low estrogen in men, you're talking about severe menopause with vaginal dryness, like chronic joint pain, osteoporosis. Like we need these things. It's about balance. We think in absolutes in our culture, right? Good and bad. But for us, health is that balance because when things like cortisol are needed, it's very important, right? Like when you're stressed. Now, we don't mean like a thing because if I said, if you were to step on stage and do a comedy show, for some of you, probably like that's really easy for me to do. So it's not a stress. Stress is a physiological reaction, right? So when we need cortisol, it's really important. The problem is we should be able to get on that roller coaster, use cortisol and come down and get off the roller coaster, right? It's utilized when it's needed. But in this culture, the problem is we're on the roller coaster 24, 7, 365, even when we're sleeping, even when we're resting. So cortisol reacts in a response to the demands being placed in the system. Because when the demands being placed on us exceed what we can handle, cortisol is actually brought into the equation to dampen what's happening. Because when we have that chronic unmitigated stress, you'll see the immune system become hypervigilant. You'll see certain systems become so hypervigilant that cortisol is brought in over time to pull them down because they can actually become a problem. This is how we end up with immune system problems and low cortisol over time or high cortisol. So cortisol is not the bad guy. It's there to protect you. But again, it comes down to how are you living to manage your cortisol levels. It doesn't mean you need a cortisol supplement. doesn't mean you need pregnenolone. No one needs any of that stuff. This is called chasing your symptoms and saying, I want to change, but I'm not going to create change. I want to get an A in math. I have an F right now, but I'm not going to do anything. And I want to get an A. You're not going to get an A, right? So if we learn how to manage how we live, we're not saying sell your kids and live on an island. We're saying, how do you do things differently? right? Are you overtraining? Are you undereating? Are you overworking? Do you have hobbies? Are you enjoying life? Are you having fun, right? This is called being human. And are you eating in a way to meet your needs? Or are you just chasing weight loss? Because if you do that, you'll manage your hormones, you'll manage your cortisol, thus get a different response and understand that now cortisol is not a bad thing, right? Because without it, you would stub your toe and die. So it's needed. We just, we just have to learn how to manage it, right? 
and it doesn't involve supplements or hormones. Yeah, that's a great point. And I did want to talk about chronic stress, which, which you brought up in there. But before we dive into kind of cr- like chronic stress and what that looks like, can you just briefly touch on like, why is stress not always a bad thing? Stress gets a bad rap for sure. Stress <laughs> gets a bad rap, but it's, it's again, our bodies are hardwired that way. We are, we have a hardwiring that is such a beautiful mechanism designed to protect us right? It's such a beautiful thing that's there and built into us. Again, it's just that we are so overwhelmed by so many things in our culture, right? We're not living in, um, (laughs) in balance. We're not living with nature, right? We're living in tech. We're living in a fast pace. We are living where we're just, it's, there's more demand being placed on us at so many different levels, whether it's our soils, our foods, our emotions, our 5g or whatever you want to call it. There's just so many factors that we can, some of them we can have no control over and others we do. We have control over what's in our environment and we don't have control on the great over the greater stuff. But again, that's why we're seeing people get so locked in to this system and to this chronically stressed system because they're not finding the balance. We're still trying to equate health to an aesthetic, a weight loss, right? Of, of the scale versus again, how are our cells breathing? How are we doing emotionally? How are we doing spiritually? How are we doing physically? We've always had this focus on the physical component and completely overridden the mental and the emotional parts and pieces of who we are, yet you can't disconnect one or the other, right? So there's just so much, like Josh says, that the, the de- defining stress is when the demands exceed the ability of our bodies to meet those demands. That is the definition of stress, right? So we can see where that, that scale is way heavy here and we're way down here and we need to bring it back into balance. And for most people, that's for everyone, it's going to look a little bit different, right? And how we do that going again, back to that earlier conversation of our stories and being in relationship with how our stories have affected our body's ability to manage the environment around us. Right. And when we do that, that's where we begin to become empowered. Right. And again, drop into our ability to, to really embrace our uniqueness versus work against it. But I think that with stress, that's why it's such a big thing is because we're, there's so much of it that we are surrounded in, in this day and age. And we're just exceeding and above and beyond what we're capable of. But Hans Ely said, stress doesn't kill us. It's our perception of stress that right. does. Right. And that goes back to my thing about, you know, like if you said, Josh, you need to teach this eight hour class. I'd be like, cool. I could talk all day. Not a problem. But if you said that to someone else, they may be like, oh my God. If you said that to me, <laughs> I'd be like, um, no. <laughs> right. So it's super stressful, right? So not my jam. it's the perception of stress that causes a physiological response mm-hmm. because events end, but the physiological response sometimes doesn't because we don't have, the, we don't use the tools to adapt that are in a body. Right. And especially in this day and age, right. We're taught that like you need an aura ring or red light therapy, or you have to do breath work, or you have to jump in a cold tub or a sauna to recover or to adapt. But in our opinion, what you're doing is you're moving, moving further from self and saying, I don't trust my body. I'm not going to work on the tools that my body has that allows me to adapt and to actually come back down within my body. I'm going to use something externally. And this is super dangerous because when those things are gone, guess what? You don't know how to adapt. 
you don't know how to come back down. You don't know how to recover. And this is, this is like the whole biohacking thing. So, you know, health is not that complex, right? We just have to really utilize what we have here and realize that it's about simplicity, right? It really is about simplicity and that when we take the time to say, who am I? What do I need? What, am, what is my story? We understand that we can manage our stress and say, you know what? I have stress in my life. I have three kids or I like to do CrossFit, but I, I know based on who I am, I have the ability to do that right now. Maybe not five years ago, but now I do. Right. So it all comes down to how you are able to get off that roller coaster, recover and adapt to build our resiliency. Yeah, those are, you have some, some great points in there and just like our perception of the stress and how it continues to affect us after, after the stressful event. You know, a lot of people have been able to identify like an acute injury, like a, a stressful event that occurred, but and maybe that pushed them over the edge, but like, what was all going on around that? What was our reaction after the stressful event? Like, how did that continue for a lot of us, for a lot of the women I've talked to, I'm like, you know, the stressful event you build up in your mind, was that event as stressful as it really was? Or was the build up more stressful? (laughs) Like was the anticipation for weeks on this thing, was that actually more detrimental to your health than the actual event? Like, and is it worth it? It's just like one of those things that we have to ask ourselves. And that answer is very different for every person. Mm -hmm. And I think that that again comes back to where are we coming from, right? So somebody who's going to perseverate over something that's coming up that feels very stressful to them, isn't necessarily, you're seeing a reflection of their ability to regulate essentially, right? And how they've been taught to regulate. So I think so much of stepping into our own healing has to really be um, self-parent. There's a level of self-parenting that needs to take place because we have to learn how to regulate. And I'm speaking very personally. We have to learn how to regulate in a world where we've never been taught to do that. And that takes a lot of work, right? (laughs) Because again, this is something where it goes back to very early adolescence, very early childhood right? That that was not a system that was hardwired in a way that was taught to navigate the world as it is today. Right. And so many, and that's, and that's where the spectrum is, is where are you on that spectrum? And where is that regulation? Like his ability to regulate against mine to to totally different things. Right. And that's what we see in the people that we're working with is there are certain levels of resiliency that we're working with. And that's why that awareness is such a critical point in really being able to drop into deeper levels of healing, whether, you know what I mean? Work, whether, whatever it might be for you. But I think that that is such a huge component and why somebody's going to have that kind of, again, reaction to a big event coming up or whatever it might be, right? Because you're getting to see a piece of who they are in that, which I think is power, right? Yeah, I mean, all these things, these responses, they help us survive, Mm -hmm. right? Chasing labs and supplements, it's helping us survive and think that we're doing something for our health. And maybe sometimes we are, but in the end, it's no different than allopathic medicine, right? It's the same philosophy. Our response to stress, it's our, it helps us survive. And I think when we step back and see how we're reacting to these things, it's allowing us to survive. And it's hard because what we're saying now is 
I have to get out of this comfy, comfy, you know, Ugg blanket comfort zone and step out into this cold climate in a sense and start taking responsibility for my health. And it seems so overwhelming. You know what I mean? Because I have to move away slowly from the things that I've been doing that allowed me to survive. It's just like being an addict. We're all addicts, right? You need to move away from the thing that's allowing you to survive right now and create a whole new environment, create a whole new I don't want to say life in a sense, but you can't hail in the same environment that got you sick. So it's it's just acknowledging and embracing and saying, you know what, this this thing that I'm doing is doesn't work for me. And that's a question we all have to ask ourselves. Like, what are my pieces to the healing journey? But like, what am I doing right now that is working for me? And what am I doing that isn't? And really being honest and saying, you know what, getting up at five in the morning and going to the workout to work out fasted. I love doing it, but in my heart of hearts, it is not working for me. I know it's not working for me. Yes, I'm losing weight, but I'm exhausted. I have thyroid problems. I have autoimmune issues. You know, I'm, I have chronic anxiety and I'm on Xanax and, you know, it's not working for me. So I have to like, and it's a, it's a, it's a habit. It's a survival habit, right? Mm-hmm. So when you step back, you really realize that health isn't about chicken and broccoli in CrossFit. It's about creating new healthy habits and behaviors. I love that you brought that up with just like, what are the other factors? Like you might be losing weight. And and a lot of times in the health and fitness industry, we use that as the biggest metric that you could be using for success. And a lot of the women that I've talked to throughout their journey have said like, Uh, well, I did this. I'm going to go back to that because I lost weight. And I was like, okay, what else did your life look like at that time? Like, were you like a lot of people talk about, I was, you know, I, I felt really sick for a lot of that time. I was extremely tired. My mood was horrible. I fought with my partner all the time uh, because I was extremely hungry. I was a, not really a great mother. I was missing, I was missing time with my kids because I was obsessing over calorie counting. It's just like all of these other factors that are extremely valuable and extremely important to your life. And are we missing them? And are we missing everything that's going around it by setting these singular goals within health and fitness that we only use this metric to decide if we are healthy or not? It doesn't make any sense. And like that, this very much comes from like my, all of my background is in mental health. So I started out as a mental health clinician and working as a social worker, working individually with people and looking at them in their environment and talking about their mental health without talking about their physical health made no sense to me. I was like, I cannot continue within this spectrum of care because these are not separate. Your mental health is not separate from your physical health. And I can't talk to you about your mental health. I can't treat just your mental health without talking about how you feel in your body and how we might be able to make these adjustments within your body that might help you feel better. It might help you communicate better. It might help you with your confidence. And just feeling better on a daily basis is part of our mental health. (laughs) Like going around feeling tired and then wondering why you're irritable is really not a question. Of course you're irritable. But also constantly focusing on our physical takes away the mental where we have. So there's, I think that is such a, it's scary. It's such a more powerful driver to our physical body, right? In so many ways. So you're working from one space and we're kind of going the other way. It's like, I can't help you with your physical until I understand your mental a little bit more, right? So I think it's, it's both pieces. And, and like we're saying, they're, they're inseparable. You cannot take them away right. from one another. 
I think for some people, it's a gateway, though. I've worked in, I know Jeannie has too, so many people that come to us with, whether it's autoimmune or thyroid adrenal. And I remember this one client in particular, I forget her name, but we were like halfway done with her package. We weren't even finished. And she's like, I no longer need your services anymore. And of course, human nature, me being human, I was like, holy shit, what did I do? She's pissed at me. Like she hates me. You know, I suck. Right. And she's like, I'm like, can I ask why? And she's like, you have been a blessing. Your work has completely changed my mind and shifted my thought process and really shown me that how I live my life and having fun and having hobbies is way more important to me, not more important, but it influences me and how I feel and my happiness and my health more than just strangling nutrition. And I have the basics to, to meet my needs nutritionally, but the other pieces to me are more important, like walking around, you know, I think she had like five or six acres, like walking through my, you know, fields in the morning and being with my kids more and, you know, whatever it was, I forget exactly, but, and I forget even why I'm talking about this, but (laughs) I think it's important to realize that for some people, nutrition or exercise is the gateway to that piece, but we just have to be ready. It's going to come when it's, when you're bought, when you're ready for it, you can't ignore it. You got to listen to your body because if you don't, and this is something we both have said for so long, People are strangling nutrition. They're trying every single diet. And really what they're saying is, I'm going to keep ignoring the most important piece of my life, which is focusing on how I live, my habits, my mental, emotional state. Because if I do that, the nutrition actually comes pretty easy. But I also want to say that with the nutrition, and this is so much of what we're doing with our nutrition, is, again, helping people learn how to use that food to begin to create regulation, to create safety in the system, right? And when, again, you come out of that war zone of that, that unmitigated chronic stress in the system, those bigger pieces of those, those mental, emotional pieces that have been, again, just parts of who we are there, you know, like they say, the tissues have the issues, (laughs) right? They kind of hold our story, (laughs) They slowly begin that there that safety has been created so that these pieces can slowly begin to move their way through versus us living in that story for so long. Now we're we're creating, we're we're pulling pieces from our life, you know, taking walks, doing breath work, going to yoga, whatever it might be for you, right? And allowing that space to creating that space so that those things can move through in a much gentler way versus us having to chase them or look at, you know what I mean? Well, cause you're, like you said, you're, you're more aware now, Yeah. right? As you move through the healing journey, you're building metabolic reserve, you're building resiliency, you're building more awareness, you're connecting with what you need. So it's going to present itself, mm-hmm. right? You can't strangle nutrition anymore. You can't strangle the supplements anymore. You realize there's pieces and parts of your life that need just as much attention. Yeah, that's so true. That's a great point. You did mention some adrenal fatigue in there too. And I know I had some questions from my community on adrenal fatigue. Can you just explain what is adrenal fatigue and and what's going on there? In my opinion, and I definitely have a lot of opinions, (laughs) I feel like adrenal fatigue was created within the functional medicine realm which personally, you know, and I'm not saying there's not a lot of good practitioners because there are. I think it's worse than allopathic medicine. It's a, such a huge vortex rabbit hole 
of labs upon labs to test umpteen different things and supplements and supplements. And I think it's, it's, it's overwhelming, confusing people even more, right? People walking around like, I have adrenal fatigue. But it's really when you look at it, you're looking at Hans-Helier's general adaptation syndrome. You know, that alarm reaction, there's a stress, five alarm fire, right? Systems have to go on hypervigilant like, oh my God, there's someone breaking into the house right now. That's the alarm reaction. You, you like all the blood rushes from the center of your body. You're not like, I'm hungry right now or I want to have sex. You're like, where is that robber? Your eyes, the blood rushes to your brain and your arms and you feel it in your heart, right? That is the alarm reaction. But again, if we aren't aware that's happening every day and we don't have the tools and we don't meet our needs, we don't come down from that. But we should. It's not going to happen on its own. So what we start to do is we're using a system that, in my opinion, is allowed to help us adapt. It's kind of like the relief pitchers in a baseball game. They pitch one to two innings. They don't pitch you know, five or six or seven innings. If they did, they just can't do it, right? They begin to, over time, get worse and worse, just like the endocrine system. So it goes up. If you don't meet your needs to come back down, it's going to continue to go up. And that's kind of like the stage two and a lot of the time in this, like a stage two, and we look at it from the sense of like, a lot of people look at it in the sense of like cortisol and DHEA. We use like an HTMA sometimes to look at this because you can see like sodium, high, potassium, low, that's the alarm. When they flip-flop, that's the reaction. And when they're both low, that's the exhaustion phase, right? But what you're really seeing is what's happening inside the cell. So if you don't adapt, the body's going to adapt for you. The problem is what you're releasing as you go into that reaction phase is very catabolic, right? It can, it can affect thyroid hormone receptors, conversion. It can cause weight gain or it can cause weight loss. It can, of course, suppress your appetite. It can cause insomnia, feeling tired and wired, all these symptoms people are having. And then we end up in the exhaustion, which is stage three adrenal fatigue. And of course, there's people out there that have created like a stage four or five, six. It's like, it's, just, it's, it's silliness to me because, again, what you're doing is you're, you're segmentalizing the body and saying, well, based on where I'm at, what supplements do I need? It's no better than Western medicine. But you're chasing the symptoms because what you're seeing is a report card of how you live. So if you got an F in math, what do you do? You change. You get some help to create a different report card. And that's all it's showing you. It's not showing you how much pregnenolone you need to put in your mouth in the morning. It's not showing you how much cortisol is bad, right? Or how much um, phosphatidylserine you need to bring it down and, and all these different things. It's showing, and this is what we've created in our culture though, right? Because it allows us not to do the work. It allows us to chase. It allows us to disconnect from self and perpetuate dysfunction, in my opinion. I'm not saying you're doing it on purpose, but when we step back, we're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, this is showing me how I'm not living to meet my needs every day. This is showing me how I'm not living and eating to meet my needs every day. And that I need to change and do things differently. Because if you don't and you take the pregnenolone, guess what? Yes, you'll see that shift in the lab. But the second you go off that stuff, the cause hasn't changed. You're going to be right back at square one going to another practitioner trying to do something different and same expected for results. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's a great point. And depending on which practitioner you're going to, to treat any one number of these symptoms, it's just like 
continuing chasing the next one. Does this affect this one? It's just, it's a lot. What do you think? I know there's no one size fits all, but what are some things that our listeners can do today that start to address some of this healing or maybe like what questions can they ask themselves? Like what are the first steps? Biggest question they can ask themselves is what do I need right now? Right. And then right in this moment and continue to ask that question as you move through your day, because it's going to change and it's going to change from day to day. Right. Realistic. So really being with yourself and checking in and saying, what do I need today right now in this moment? The next is going to be, are we giving our body the energy to meet the demand of our day to day? Are we giving our body the energy that it needs to sustain us? throughout the day. So are we waking up and are we fueling or are we waking up and going to the gym fasted? Right. Or are we eating, you know, foods that are going to help us ground versus foods that keep us floating. (laughs) I want to say, you know what I mean? I said that to a client the other day. She's like, Oh, that really made sense to me. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people, especially who are focused on weight loss as their, their health kind of marker are eating things like, cottage cheese and fruit or yogurt and fruit or smoothies or things like that throughout the day, where again, their level of resiliency, their ability to stabilize is so dysregulated that they're perpetuating that issue, right? So really grounding foods like those roots and fruits, eating solid foods with protein, like most women today need a high amount of protein with I think I say that in every episode. I'm like, women, you just go eat more protein. <laughs> Seriously, go eat more protein because that's not what we're doing enough of right now, right? But fueling the body incrementally throughout the day based on the demand of their day is power. And then checking in and asking what you need for yourself. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's nothing, just to clarify, there's nothing wrong with like yogurt and fruit, but what no, we've seen clinically over 23 years is people snack all day, mm-hmm. right? And people either overeat fat or undereat protein and overeat carbs. But I would say everyone we work with coming in 23 years undereats protein. Now, we're not saying you have to just gorge, but maybe you have one extra egg or one extra ounce of protein. Little by little, it becomes a lot, right? And you get variety because that brings in different minerals and fat-soluble vitamins. It's the only place you're going to get them, right? So you can toss your retinol, you can toss your, I'm sorry, your, your vitamin A supplements and your B12 supplements and your selenium supplements. Cause you start eating the food. It's all there, but we don't eat the food. So of course we want to take the synthetic supplements, but the protein is anchoring. So maybe instead of having, and of course you have to create awareness for this, but you know, a snack doesn't have to be snack foods. It could be some like chicken, clean chicken cold cuts with cheese and some fruit or some a few corn chips, you know what I mean? That's much denser and grounding than yogurt and fruit. And it might sustain you for a good two hours where yogurt and fruit for a lot of people, that's like an hour, you know, unless you eat a ton of it. So it's like lighting a fire in the morning. You don't want to put paper and sticks on it because you're going to have to chase it all day and eat every two hours. And before you know it, you're like, oh, my God, it's dinner time. I'm effing hungry. I'm irritable, right? Because you've been chasing the fire all day. But if you wake up and put logs on the fire, which is a dense, right? Which they're dense. They're going to create sustainability. So the next time you eat, you get to that fire, you're controlling it. It's not out. So you create more efficiency. So think of food in that sense and how you live. But 
you know, are you eating to meet your needs? We're not saying no one can eat yogurt food because for some people it does work for them. Well, and a lot of people are in that more catabolic state where appetite is suppressed. So those lighter foods need to be part of where they begin, right? At the the beginning. So there's a balance and everyone's going to be different. But we just find the anchoring. We see this in a group in our one-to-one. We always ask people like, if you could eat one meal and you were just like, oh my God, that was not only so good, but it just like, Oh, like it just grounded me. I felt so good. I'd say hundred percent of the people are like steak and potatoes, fish and rice. You know, they, they log, we call them log meals. But then when you look at their food log, it's like eggs and fruit, yogurt and fruit, jerky and cheese. And then they have a huge dinner, right? You flip it in a sense, as they say, old saying was eat breakfast like a king, lunch like a queen and dinner like a pauper, right? We're not saying just follow that, but it's a good example. And if we add a more density to our day, we wouldn't be chasing. Now we're in control. We're in control of our energy. We're in control of that stress, right? Now things become less of a stress. Why? Because now the demands being placed on us don't exceed what we can handle because the energy coming in meets the demands that are being placed on the system. Guys, that is excellent advice for anyone just looking to like, where should I, where should I start? Like, where should my baseline be? And even just being able to say like, what do I need today is excellent advice. And that need changes on a day-to-day basis. Obviously it changes within like what season you're in. And like I had recently, I've been a competitive CrossFit athlete for many years and I started to really not enjoy training. And it just became something that was like, I didn't enjoy the process and it was like, well, I just got to be good. And I just like, it was, it became like this kind of just like mundane thing. And I was, I started looking at my training, like, what do I actually need today? Like, what does my body need? What does my mind need? What kind of movement feels good for me today? And that was really opening a whole bunch of doors to me for like how I can meet my needs and what what, how to act next, you know, how to move next and how to move where I'm feeling more pain-free because like, it was a lot of frustration of injury after injury, after injury, and start trying to stay competitive through injuries. And it was just like, what do I need to do today? And like, not trusting, you know, what anyone else was telling me I needed to do, like what actually felt good is just like a game changing question. So I'm really glad that you, um, you know, brought that up for everyone. Cause that it, you know, it changes, it changes for us on daily. It changes for us in the, in our seasons. And it really should be the baseline of, you know, how we, how we approach the next thing in our life. Yeah. Cause when we honor that and you go train, you're like getting so much more out of it. You're not, you're not yes. compensating or compromising yourself and what your goals are for what, you know, everyone else is doing or what you think you should be doing versus really what you need. Love it. Yeah, we, we call this our green, yellow, red kind of system. People use watches and HRV and all these external <laughs> devices to figure this out. But this is innately within you, which allows you to connect with your body more and create awareness. And it's waking up and saying, is today a green, yellow, or red day? How do I feel? Of course, it could be midday too. How do I feel? How do I sleep? 
Am I on my cycle? Do I feel like shit? Am I irritated? Right. I remember recently I was like driving to the gym and then the whole time, like, I don't want to go, but I have to go today because it's my gym day. And I like literally took a right turn and jumped in the river. You know, I was like, F that. I don't want to go. And I laughed at you because I used to do CrossFit. I coached. I went to Wadapalooza. And I remember towards the end, I'm just like, every day I went in there, I'm like, what do I want to do right now? Because I had all this shit to do. I'm like, I just want to lay on the ground. Like, I don't want to do any of this. You know what I mean? (laughs) And that was a big pivot point for me with CrossFit and not really doing it anymore. But I think we have to do that every single day because life isn't in a protocol. And like Jeannie said, if you do take the time to go, I don't want to go to the gym today. I shouldn't go because of how I feel. Or, you know, I had like six meetings all day. Like maybe I just go to the gym and decrease my intensity or whatever it may be. You're not going to create as much debt. So when you do pick it back up, you're going to be much further physiologically ahead versus if you do it and not meet your needs, you're actually going to be coming from behind. Mm, yeah, that's a great, that's a great point too, that you, you are, you are working towards that progress. You're not going to start way behind guys. Where can our, I know my listeners are going to want to hear so much more from you that we haven't been able to get to today. Where can they find you? Where can they hear more from you? You can find us on Instagram at real food gangsters. We are all on our website at eastwesthealing.com. Those are great places. Yep. You can find a lot of our links on our website. On our we have YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all the stuff. We, we definitely primarily focus more on Instagram, but we're on all those platforms for sure and put out content. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. This was absolutely amazing. And I know my listeners are going to love to hear this episode. Thanks, Thanks so much. Us. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, get in our free app, CVG Nation, available in your app store. We have an amazing community of women, coaches to help you with your movements, challenges, and we give away leggings daily in there. Rachel and I are in there every day, so it's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. Have an amazing week. Crush your goals.